You know, there's no doubt you'll make mistakes along the way, but you need to own those mistakes. You're going to learn more from making the mistakes than always being right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Radiology Report podcast, where we are having conversations with the leaders transforming radiology today. You can find us on radiologyreportpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Daniel Arnold. With that, I'm very excited to welcome today's guest, Dr. Scott Bundy. Dr. Bundy is a board-certified radiologist with a CAQ in neuroradiology and a fellow of the American College of Radiology. Dr. Bundy has been practicing radiology in the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area for the last 20 years. He helped orchestrate the merger of a handful of private practice radiology groups to form Radiology Associates of North Texas in 2011, where he has served on the board of directors and in numerous other leadership roles since its founding. More recently, in January of 2021, Dr. Bundy was elected the CEO and chair of Strategic Radiology, a coalition of independent, wholly physician-owned private radiology practices, representing now 35 member groups and more than 1,400 radiologists. Prior to his current role, Dr. Bundy served on the Strategic Radiology Board of Managers since 2015 and on their executive committee since 2017, most recently as vice chair. Dr. Bundy completed his radiology residency and fellowship at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center. I couldn't think of a better person to have on the podcast than Dr. Bundy. Strategic radiology's role in the future of radiology is really interesting. It's one of the more important players in how the field is evolving. And the Radiology Associates of North Texas is one of the most respected groups in the country. So Dr. Bundy, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Daniel. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to get into a lot of topics today, but to start us off, just tell us a little bit about you and, and what led you into neuroradiology. Well, thank you for that question. Um, I always found uh, the technological advancements of radiology kind of being on the cutting edge, if you will, of healthcare to be quite exciting. My background, uh, I have an undergraduate degree in biomedical engineering, and so I always was intrigued by all the developments and so forth going on in the radiology space. And specifically, uh, getting into neuroradiology, the brain has always fascinated me. I mean, it's just somewhat of a uh, fully undiscovered, you know, part of the human anatomy, you know, just like exploring the uh, ethos of the universe. And so it's always been uh, a very intriguing area uh, of specialty for me. And so that's how I got into uh, neuroradiology. Fascinating. And, um, you know, just thinking about the pictures that were just released from the Webb telescope and what we're discovering in deep space. And sometimes it feels like we know more about deep space than we know about what's going on inside our brains. So when, you know, that would have been enough to be a neuroradiologist, but then it seems like you've gravitated into more interest in leadership and business. What led to those types of, of roles? You know, I've always had an interest uh, in that area. And, uh, being a uh, radiologist or a physician for that matter, if you express an interest in business, you you oftentimes become the de facto business leader of the group. And so I kind of <laughs> gravitated towards that. And uh, through my uh, involvement with the American College of Radiology, followed by you know my involvement in getting some additional training through the RLI, Radiology Leadership Institute at the ACR, it just continued to spark my interest. And so I continued to uh, volunteer, if you will, for uh, business activities within our practice and uh, continue to explore that area of interest. That's really great. And so then what, for those of us who don't know on the podcast, 
those of us listening, what, what is strategic radiology and what, what is your vision for it? Why, why does it exist? That's a great question. So strategic radiology is a consortium of 35 wholly owned private practice radiology groups representing uh, about 1400 uh, physicians. Uh, we have a national footprint from coast to coast. We're represented in about 26 different states. Um, and our mission is to improve lives by creating superior value through collaboration and innovation among privately owned independent radiology practices. Our overarching vision is through collaboration, strategic radiology member practices will be recognized locally, regionally, and nationally for delivering exemplary imaging and clinical care service and value to our patients and clinical partners. SR empowers member practices, develop and maintain healthy cultures, maximize professional satisfaction for radiologists and other team members. And uh, here's what we feel is very important. Avoid the conflicts of interest associated with outsider ownership. Thanks for painting that picture of, of strategic radiology. And, and clearly that vision is resonating uh, with the market. Uh, it seems like every other day in my email inbox, I'm reading news about practices joining strategic radiology. You were telling me you know, just before we got on here that you've added five groups here recently this year, you know, what do you attribute to the success and, and the growth in your membership and what do members get as part of being in your coalition? So SR was founded uh, back in 2009. 15 private practice groups, administrators got together through the RBMA Leadership Forum. Um, mm -hmm. And those discussions really were, were centered around that, you know, our Organized uh, bodies of medicine, such as the RBMA and uh, American College of Radiology, wonderful organizations. However, oftentimes uh, there was a, a lack of focus on the private practice of radiology. They have such a wide net to cover, right? They have uh, mm -hmm. academic practices. Uh, they have physicists and a lot of other things that they have to make sure that they stay, you know, a little bit uh, neutral on some aspects. And so uh, we wanted to make sure that there was a voice for the private practice of radiology. So that was kind of how uh, we came to fruition. So SR, you know, we, uh, we got together, we developed our own internal, you know, network community called Collaborate. It's a coalition-wide uh, cloud-based intranet platform for member groups consisting of various communities and work groups that allow members to engage in you know, active daily discussions related to clinical, operational, and business functions, and mm -hmm. share best practices and collectively problem solve. We engage in uh, twice annual CME educational programs, focusing on uh, leadership development, physician onboarding, patient and safety initiatives under our patient safety organization, um, and keeping our members up to date on current trends and developments um, in radiology, including payment policy, you know, technological advancements in the AI space, uh, data analytics, as well as introducing our, uh, you know, members to various uh, technology platforms such as, you know, PAX, uh, VR, uh, workflow optimization. And then based on member interest, you know, we'll invite uh, select vendors to educate our members on the products and services, uh, you know, giving face-to-face -face access to our decision-making physician and administrator leaderships in our, you know, 35 member groups representing over 1,400 radiologists. These uh, meetings are, are generally attended by the physician leader, 
and the administrative leader of each practice. So mm -hmm. getting all of these decision-making leaders into the room and getting them out in front of uh, the vendors is really a win-win situation. Through that, that enables us to you know, form what we call a group purchasing program, thereby enabling us to leverage our you know, collective size, scope, and scale, not just for aggravated volume discounts and peer tiered pricing, but also to engage these vendors and strategic partnerships and with other companies and organizations that operate in our space uh, to provide things such as, you know, research and development, testing and deployment of products and services. Uh, also, uh, collectively, uh, we engage in shared savings opportunities through group purchasing of various insurance products such as MedMal, health insurance, cybersecurity, and even, you know, disability, property, and casualty. Uh, we also have a data analytics partnership for aggregating data for improved decision-making, uh, benchmarking, um, and platforming, you know, key performance indicators and metrics that we can collectively share to demonstrate our value to our partnership uh, facilities, be they hospitals, imaging centers, you know, other practices that may, you know, have an interest that are culturally aligned with the SR mission. We have a physician recruiting effort. As you know, you know, today's uh, landscape is very challenging. Um, and so collectively, we want to uh, use our physician recruiting committee to get the voice out there and explain the benefits of owning your own practice, you know, having an ownership mentality um, and enjoying the autonomy of being in a wholly physician-owned private practice. Uh, we also have access to various business consulting services at a, of course, negotiated discount, including, you know, revenue cycle optimization, um, compliance and risk management. And we also have, uh, through our technology partnership, we have actually internally developed uh, a number of, or a suite of internally developed uh, proprietary products, uh, including uh, data aggregation, business intelligence. Uh, we have an incidental findings follow-up program. Um, we have uh, patient safety satisfaction surveys that are available to our partner uh, groups and um, facilities, um, as well as uh, adverse tracking uh, and root cause analysis programs. And finally, uh, advocacy. We have developed a partnership uh, with a DC-based uh, lobbying firm to advocate on behalf of the independent private practice of radiology. We need to make sure that we have a voice out there with our constituent members, Congress, payment policy members, to make sure that they understand the challenges that are in the private practice setting. It's really an impressive suite of solutions and services that you guys offer. And I, I won't take the bait and dive into the CME part because that's our business and my personal mm -hmm. passion. We'll, we'll go into some other directions, but it's, it's interesting hearing you talk about, you know, a few of you getting together you know, a little over a decade ago and saying, hey, you know, we, you know, we should solve some problems that we're facing here. And now to look forward 13 years, 1,400 members, what might have started as text messages and conference calls. How do you coordinate on such a scale? So is this, a, is this an organization? Because you're a radiologist and you've got a day job, but then you're also is it filling the role of CEO of, of strategic radiology. What, what's the organization look like? And, and how do these groups engage with you beyond the conference? Because I imagine there's quite a bit going on there. You know, just love to learn a little bit more, like how many employees do you guys have and, and how do people communicate and how do you keep this whole thing together? Yeah, that's a great question. So I am very, very fortunate that I have 
such a great team, you know, behind me that does all the heavy lifting, keeps the uh, organization running. We have a marketing uh, director. Uh, we have a an individual that does uh, group purchasing and uh, recruiting of both physicians and practices. We have an individual that's in charge of revenue cycle optimization, uh, Sharon Framer. Uh, we have uh, Lisa Mead, who is the administrative director of our patient safety organization. Um, she also helps us aggregate uh, information uh, on technology and specifically those in the AI space. Um, we have Sharon Freemer, who is uh, in charge of revenue cycle optimization. Um, we have Chessa Bossi, who is an executive assistant, if you will, but she's really the glue that kind of keeps all of this together. Um, I have a wonderful uh, chief operating officer by the name of uh, Barbara Detman, uh, high energy, lots of experience in the radiology space. I have a great uh, team behind me that I couldn't do this without them. And then, of course, we have the administrators at all of our practices between 35 groups um, there is a number of very high-functioning uh, C-suite individuals that contribute to making this work. Um, how does it work? We have an intranet, if you will, called Collaborate. It's a platform that allows all of our member practices to share uh, best practices and problem solve through our various committees and work groups that are under that umbrella. We also have uh, a member portal on our website that has uh, direct links to all of our uh, strategic partners and vendor partners and our consulting services, uh, basically a whole suite of services that we have to offer our member practices to help them succeed. We're all about helping the member practices succeed in their local and regional markets because that's where healthcare is delivered. Well said and an incredible effort bringing together all these groups. Something you mentioned several times is this concept of the PSO, the Patient Safety Organization, and maybe help us understand why being a part of strategic radiology helps patients, because at the end of the day, that's why you're in it. So how does banding together uh, nationally help me locally to serve my patients? No, absolutely, Daniel. You're spot on, because the key is, at the end of the day, needs to be patient-focused, because that's our job. Um, so strategic radiology uh, operates the nation's first imaging-specific patient safety organization uh, listed by the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, um, which is uh, part of the Department of Human and Health Services under the Patient Safety and Quality Improvement Act of 2005, which authorized the creation of uh, PSOs. So the SRPSO is dedicated solely to improve patient care uh, via sharing of HIPAA-compliant confidential information in a protected environment. So in essence, the PSO functions as a committee that collects and analyzes data to conduct patient safety activities, enable our membrane practices to engage in peer review and peer learning activities, uh, share adverse events and uncover root cause analyses, review and evaluate patient safety um, events and incidents, you know, such as near misses, unsafe environments, uh, thereby allowing for open discussions for practice improvement. Really interesting and really important work banding together the power of your data. And I imagine now as AI is coming in and we can, you guys have amassed quite a large data set at this point, if you have 1400 doctors that can band together, there might be even some more opportunities over time to think about how to improve the population health of your patients. So, um, you know, one of the things that you see in surveys today is radiologists one of their biggest concerns, you know, especially radiologists entering the field, has been the corporatization and consolidation of radiology. 
as maybe best exemplified by RAD partners, though there are many others that are in the field. How should radiologists and administrators be thinking about um, this trend? Um, and how do they think about strategic radiology in that? You know, how is it similar to being a part of a PE back group? How is it different? You know, how would one think about you know, those types of choices that they're making, whether it be in their career or you know, in their practice? That's a great question, Daniel. And that is, that is definitely a concern, not just affecting radiology, but I think the house of medicine as a whole. You know, what is the long-term goal um, and aspirations of uh, non-physician investment interested individuals hoping to gain out of uh, entering into the healthcare space? Because I'm not sure that their ideals and mindset is aligned with the physician's kind of infinite game mindset. This is this is a career, you know, that we have chosen. We have uh, dedicated ourselves to, you know, taking care of patients. And so our membership practices are wholly physician-owned and physician-led. You know, we feel that patient care decisions uh, should be made by patients and their physicians, not third-party, you know, shareholders. We are genuinely concerned about the conflicts of interest that can arise when healthcare decisions are influenced by non-physician owners. Therefore, we, we, we really don't see a place in healthcare's value equation for returns to third-party investors. Where's that, where's that money go once it's uh, taken out of healthcare, you know, to, you know, pay the uh, returns that third-party investors expect to glean? You know, instead, we feel that we should in, in reinvest, you know, those resources into our practices so that we can make sure that our patients continue to have access to the latest and greatest technology available, continue to invest in our practices for ongoing practice improvement, and make sure, and this is very important, make sure that we can continue uh, to have the resources to attract and retain the best and brightest in our profession. You know, it's a really interesting point of view and, and perspective on this. And you know, one of the things that you hear when you talk to private practices is it's hard to keep up with the scale of investment required to maintain high levels of care in today's world. You need new magnets. Now you need AI. You need to pay radiologists quite a bit to attract them to your practice. And so is that where strategic radiology helps, helps people is by, hey, you know, there's another route here where you can maintain your independence, but start to see the scale benefits that you'd come with you know, technology and negotiating power with payers negotiating power with hospitals because it can be it can be challenging when you know there's a big corporate backed group and they might have bought the surgeons next door and and everything else that's a great point uh, daniel and this is where kind of the infinite game approach kind of comes into play uh, when a private equity or venture capitalist backed entity invests capital into your organization that money has to come from somewhere and that money has to be repaid well you have to generate revenues to help you know repay that capital if you will and there's only a certain number of areas that a physician practice can generate revenues, and that's providing our services. A lot of us also own imaging centers as well, and so there's some additional revenue uh, that can be gleaned from there. But, you know, how does SR help uh, in this entity? Well, you know, collectively between our 35 practices and 1,400 physicians, we have access to that capital. We have the ability to pool our resources to invest in the necessary technology to keep our practices operating at the forefront. Uh, we also have the resources to engage the administrative talent necessary to help us navigate the you know, ever-evolving complex business environment of healthcare that, so that we can focus on doing what we do best, and that's take care of patients. Really interesting. So corporatization and consolidation is a big concern of folks. It's not the only concern. Things like burnout, labor shortages, 
mid-level providers, AI, you know, there's, there's quite a few, which are the ones that keep you up at night? You know, pick one, what really keeps you thinking? You know, I think, I think it's kind of a triad. Burnout and overwhelming workloads is a concern. So, you know, having the number of radiologists matching up with the number of, you know, imaging exams that are being created uh, by the demands of our, uh, or the needs, I should say, of our population um, is a concern. Uh, reimbursement policy is part of that triad. We need to make sure that we maintain the resources necessary to continue to uh, invest in technology and continue to attract uh, the best and brightest to enter into our field. The third is um, access to healthcare, or a buzzword is health equity. And so uh, with that being said, my third concern is uh, the expansion of scope of practice of you know, non-physician trained providers. I'm not saying there's not a role for them in that space. There most certainly is. But the degree of autonomy is what concerns me, thereby potentially reflecting degradation of care. In order to maintain that access of uh, imaging for our patient needs, yes, we need not only to make sure that we have the number of radiologists available to meet those needs, but we also need to take advantage of you know, advances in technology to make us more efficient. And we most certainly should engage the prospect of advanced practice practitioners that may be able to assist us in that space so long as they are not able to do so completely autonomously. There should be some physician oversight there. So these things feel intention, this idea that radiologists are burned out because they can't keep up with the imaging workloads. And yet we also don't think that we should let non-radiology trained practitioners provide independent care, which we agree on. So, so then what's the answer is, is it, you know, we need more radiologists. Could you even do that? Like, you know, uh, is it AI? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, a combination of the above. You know, yeah, we uh, definitely need to uh, increase, you know, the number of radiologists available. You know, back in the uh, passage of the Deficit Reduction Act in 2006, followed by the uh, passage of the uh, Affordable Care Act, you know, shortly thereafter in 2010, there was a push for alternative payment models. And part of that push was to uh, try to decrease imaging utilization, if you will. But, you know, that never really came to fruition. And frankly, even in the uh, alternative payment model space, imaging is going to continue to be utilized. Imaging is, it's an amazing tool for diagnosing and setting up treatment protocols for patients. I mean, it's frankly revolutionized healthcare, may perhaps be arguably the most impactful contributor to healthcare in the last hundred years. Um, and so I don't see how limiting access to that technology is beneficial to our patients. So we need to embrace that. So yes, we do need to uh, return to uh, adequately making sure that we have staff radiologists available for those imaging needs. Now, we can also embrace technology through some of the AI tools out there to help us through workflow management. Uh, we can improve efficiencies. There's definitely some efficiencies that can be gained through technology. There are um, opportunities there that do exist. We have ongoing uh, partnerships and relationships with multiple uh, organizations in the AI space in which we are working with to try to come up with uh, various tools, programs, products, and services that we can deploy in our practices to help us solve some of these uh, mismatch in exam volumes and available talent. 
we could probably spend another hour on this topic in particular, but we're almost at the end of our time. So as we close out the conversation here, how do you think about the role of continuing education at strategic radiology? Yeah. So, you know, strategic radiology, we do, as I mentioned earlier, engage in twice annual, you know, CME backed uh, educational programs, you know, that focus on leadership, you know, physician onboarding, patient quality initiatives, and of course, give our, you know, members access to various tools, products, and services that are being developed out there in uh, technology and AI space. So, Absolutely. We continue to support that and we'll continue to do so. Uh, we are most certainly always interested in partnering with organizations that share our passion and commitment to improving uh, high quality care and strive to continuously uh, improve and delivery of that care, as well as uh, looking at ways to help solve some of these mismatch and exam volumes and available radiologists to read those, um, helping them research, develop, test, and deploy uh, various tools and products to help us improve our efficiency, but without losing uh, any degree of quality. So, you know, we do have to be uh, on the lookout for that. So anything that improves efficiency cannot take away quality. And on the other uh, aspect, anything that improves quality also should not take away efficiency because we can't afford it. Another topic we could go really deep on, but last question for you, Dr. Bundy. Um, you had a really interesting career journey. We really enjoyed learning about that at the top. And, and so just curious what advice you have for young radiologists entering today's workforce. Well, that's, that's a great question, Daniel. And, and frankly, I am optimistic. I would love to be coming out right now. I think this is an exciting time. I think we're going to see some evolutionary products and services coming out of radiology. I think technology is going to continue to advance rapidly. So I think it's a really exciting time uh, to be coming into radiology. However, this is so important that, you know, our mission is to provide uh, support for uh, wholly owned private practice entities. And so we think that, you know, healthcare should be delivered locally by physicians, decisions made by physicians and patients without conflicts of interest of outside, um, you know, investors. So I think we need to take an ownership mentality in anything you do, you know, whether it's seeking a career in academia research, own it, a career in private practice, own it, a single patient encounter or any endeavor, own it. You know, there's no doubt you'll make mistakes along the way, but you need to own those mistakes. You're going to learn more from making the mistakes than always being right. You know, it's tough to stay down on yourself when you know you've given it your best. With an ownership mentality, you know you've always given it your best. I would also say that, you know, someone coming out of training right now, you've accomplished a lot thus far, um, but do not miss out on how gratifying the feeling of accomplishment that comes with ownership. There are challenges along the way some of which at times may seem insurmountable. However, you have the tools to persevere. You have the knowledge, training, and experience to solve even the most daunting challenges. The moment you let a non-aligned person or organization take that problem off your plate is the moment you have missed out on the potential opportunity that could have come your way had you taken ownership and solved the problem yourself. You know, it kind of reminds me uh, of one of my favorite quotes, you know, from Teddy Roosevelt. Nothing in this world is worth having or worth doing unless it means effort, pain, and difficulty. Well, uh, that's a great place to leave it. I'm inspired. I want to go be a radiologist. 
Dr. Bundy, thank you so much for your time. It was an absolute delight to have you on the show. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Radiology Report podcast. Be sure to visit us at the radiologyreportpodcast.com or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts to join us for our next episode. We are always looking for great guests. If you have someone you'd like to hear on the show, please get in touch with us online.